Welcome to Dish the Dirt, a light-hearted and fun podcast about Australian flower growers, their stories, knowledge and insights into the industry. I'm your host Rebecca and each week I speak to a different farmer and get them to dish the dirt. Dish the Dirt acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which we work and live and recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community. We pay respect to elders past, present and emerging. Hello and welcome to episode three of season four of Dish the Dirt. It is wonderful to be here with you and this week I speak to Katie from Little Lindock Flower Farm. Katie and Rob are building their boutique flower farm in the Barossa Valley. After moving out to their property, Rob fell in love with growing and caring for six dahlia plants. Katie is a florist and together they run an events business called The Queen's Quarters. So the idea of growing their own flowers and using them in their work and being able to offer their clients fresh locally grown blooms was their inspiration. Katie and Rob are absolutely fantastic at Instagram and it was a pleasure to speak to Katie about using Instagram, also about pricing and what it's like to be a flower farmer in South Australia. Thank you so much, Katie, for being on the podcast. Let's get into it. How are you? How's life? How's the business? Good. Busy. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are really busy. Yeah, we um, a couple of months ago decided to open a small little shop Mm. like you had down the road from us just to Mm. because, um, yeah, the opportunity came up and we had the idea that um, we could, yeah, drive the traffic that was coming to the farm down to the boutique. Mm. But everybody just loves coming to the farm. (laughs) Yeah. And then, yeah, we had another opportunity arise recently to expand um the farm and grow more dahlias and so yeah I came home after a month of you know obviously being at the shop and spoke to Rob and yeah he wanted to go for it so we moved back to the farm yeah but yeah it's just been awesome because um, running a retail floristry shop it's hard. is next level and hats off to everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I knew what was involved, but, um, yeah, with everything else that we've got going on and because we just want to focus on growing flowers now, yeah, we decided to to do that. But, yeah, we had a taste and I just thought, yeah, hats off to anyone running a flower shop because it's big big jobs Mm, it really is so let's maybe chat about your changes that you're going into after we've talked about um your story and kind of how you've gotten to this point because although Mm. I know it I think we'll start from the beginning and then kind of go through everything um so do you want to start me off on how you got to your property and where you began with your floristry yeah so I left my job made the decision to leave my job just under five years ago mm-hmm. and at the time I wasn't doing floristry I was um, running the queen's quarters and it was purely an event hire business and so yeah I found this I followed Rob 
um, to a gym and behind the gym was this big warehouse and I just jumped in and leased the space with like no idea how to run a business and no idea what I was doing. I think now I was like, what was I thinking? The rent was like insane and I had like no money. <laughs> still, <laughs> no money, no nothing, left my job and, yeah, filled this space with all of this beautiful vintage furniture and from there I started booking weddings and then I got asked if we, you know, because I used to say we in my team and it was just like me. And then <laughs> I think we all do that. Yeah, we all do, you know, and it was like, I think it was Snapchat at the time as well, you know. And then, um, yeah, started booking weddings and people were asking me if I did floristry and I started saying yes. And then I thought, well, I better learn. Mm. And so, yeah, I um, started going to the flower markets and started practicing and investing in you know flowers and I just yeah fell in love with floristry and ended up um yeah taking on more weddings for the floristry side of things instead of the furniture yeah um but then yeah the reality of paying rent and overheads hit and I learned big time so we had to pack everything up um you know pack this big warehouse and move to a really small shed Mm. And then, yeah, from there we thought we'd better start looking for something. And then that's when this little farm popped up with two big sheds on it and, yeah, we moved to Lindo. Yeah, great. So, so yeah, how we ended up here. Is it far away from where you used to live? Was it quite a big change in environment or is it just down the road? No, massively. It's an hour away. Okay. It doesn't feel like that. Like when we go visit my mum, it doesn't feel like it's an hour away because we're used to it. But, yeah, it's an hour away. And I suppose we, were, we weren't worried about our wedding clients coming out here because we are in the Barossa Valley. And so mm. it was like an incentive, you know, for clients to come out and visit us because they would come to the Barossa Valley. So that worked really well for us. But when we yeah. moved and purchased the farm, there was no – we had – there was no idea, you know – um, or thought that we were going to start a flower farm at all. Yeah, yeah. That wasn't even, it was the fact that it had two big sheds for all of our event um, props and, you know, yeah. Yeah. So how did you get to the flower farm? From You brought the property, moved in, moved all your event stuff in, and then started, what made you think about flower farming? It was Rob because... Mm. Um, I think I went to Bunnings and found these Dahlia tubers and I don't even know if I knew, like, yeah, I bought these tubers home and Rob um, planted them and grew them because I was so busy with our first or our second or third big wedding season, I can't remember. Mm. And then, um, yeah, I was, like, so busy and Rob was at the farm and, yeah, grew them and he was the one that fell in love with, like, growing these six plants and just was taking care of them. Then, yeah, six dahlia plants and then a couple of tomato plants I think he grew. It was the first thing he ever grew. <laughs> and, yeah, he just was, yeah, found a new passion I suppose. And I said to him, well, like we can, well, what about we like try growing some and offering them like to our clients? But we didn't really look into anything or research anything. We just built well, we got gifted a greenhouse from our uncle who's um, mm. a big vegetable grower. Yeah. Yeah, he gifted us that first greenhouse that, you know, we've shared on Instagram. And then, yeah, we grew, I think we grew 
uh, like maybe 80 or 90 plants before this season. Yeah. But it's funny because even from then to the recent season, we've learned so much. Like the flowers that we grew the first time compared to what we grew this time just from, you know, making a few changes is yeah crazy. But, yeah, we didn't really look into it. We just went for it. Yeah, I so that first season you grew 80 or 90 plants and then mm. how many seasons have you been doing it for now? Three, is it? Oh, not really. I feel like this is our first. I can only really say I feel like last year was a trial. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think this this year was, uh, you know, we could say it was our first season really. Okay. Yeah, yeah, because before that it was just six plants and then yeah. we, you know, decided that we wanted to try growing them and then, yeah, we did the greenhouse. But then I think this year, yeah, and we're still, don't really know what we're doing yet. <laughs> we're still <laughs> learning. So, but yeah. So what's changed from your trial season to your first season? What did you learn along the way and what's kind of helped you develop well, we were lucky enough to have a weekend in Winky with um, John and Anne Menzel who have been mm-hmm. growing for like, I think it's like, yeah, 40 years now. Um, and they taught us so much, like just little things about watering and, you know, we didn't even have irrigation. We were watering the dahlias by hand. Mm. We didn't even know what irrigation was, to be honest. Like that's how yeah. we just, yeah. And then um, fertilising, Rob's done his research. Like he takes care of all of that and just little changes and little things like that that you, you don't really know when you first start yeah. um, growing anything really. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, awesome. So 80 or 90 plants and then how many do you think you had this season? We had just 450 been... this year. Whoa. Okay. That's yeah. So step. Big step. And then this year I've learnt what varieties make good cut flowers mm. um, over some that are really beautiful but more, you know, for a garden and probably not as good for um, like floristry work. Yeah. So, so you're growing predominantly for your floristry business? Yeah, and yeah. for cut flowers, we, we don't have, um, there's not, you can't really get, in Adelaide it's a lot different to some of the other states where there's more um, local growers that are growing dahlias and, you know, other things like that. Yeah. So for me we want, yeah, that's what we want to focus on this year, to be able to grow um, really beautiful cut flowers that are great for floristry work. Yeah, wonderful. So will you... Do predominantly dahlias or do you grow other things on your farm? So definitely dahlias um, this year and we hope that we can offer wholesale because last year we, yeah, because we were trialling all the different varieties, we didn't really have like multiples of one variety to be able to offer that. Yeah. Which is another thing we learned because I thought, oh, I was like 450. Oh, I'll be able to supply everybody. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, you, you don't. And then, um, yeah, so, yeah, dahlias. And then for us, we will grow um, some other bits and pieces, you know, like Queen Anne's lace and some filler flowers, scabiosa and all that, but mainly for our, yeah, wedding work. Mm. And, um, but they won't be, we won't grow 
um, a whole heap, if that makes sense. Just yeah, a bit yeah. for us to use, some bits and pieces. You know, if we can, you know, my goal is to be able to create a beautiful bridal bouquet with flowers all grown here on the farm and be able to, you know, give that to our client. That's, yeah, that's the main inspiration behind what we're doing is to grow, you know, beautiful flowers and offer them to our clients yeah, and our floristry friends if we can. That would be amazing too. So. Yeah, definitely. So is Rob full-time on the farm? Full-time on the farm now. He is. Wow, that's incredible. Okay. Yeah. So, Great. Yeah, COVID obviously affected everybody, but with Rob mm. um, being in the gym, it was he was thinking about leaving the gym because he's a personal trainer. Yeah. And so when everything that happened happened, he decided to start a little studio from the farm. Mm-hmm. and yeah he's uh got a lot of local clients now so basically he works in the morning doing his personal training yeah and he's on the farm full time now so he's just found great. his happy place with both yeah so that's, that's great mm. and you're obviously full time because you have the the floristry and then the farming on the side is that right yeah so now that we've moved the studio the queen's quarter studio is on the farm as well and yeah. so, yeah, I run the business from home and, and help Rob, yeah, on the farm. So it's all from the one place now. Yeah, wonderful. And what would you say, thinking back from where you started and kind of not knowing anything and putting six plants into now, mm-hmm. what has been your biggest learning curve? And then after you've answered that, you can answer what's been your biggest success? Biggest learning curve, I, it's all trial and error. Mm. Well, the way that we've done it because we're impulsive people and we just like, yeah, let's do this and then we'll learn along the way. Yeah. But um, I've learnt so much from growing. Like it's taught, like on a personal level, it's taught Rob and I patience mm-hmm. and also, you know, we can't believe sometimes like the joy that we get from doing what we're doing yeah when we never even knew about it like two years ago yeah um and then from a business you know perspective um we've learned so much about the industry yeah and you know um some things that need to change and what have you learned about the industry oh so much like we didn't even you know i suppose to um the impacts more because it's funny there's two sides to what we're doing obviously there's a forestry side because I'm a florist Mm. and the event world and then there's the growing world Mm. but I feel like before I started growing I had absolutely no idea about the um, environmental impacts of what we're doing even just in our forestry work and what changes that we can can make yeah probably a big one yeah. yeah, and then all about the whole, the whole supporting local. I've met in the last two years local growers that I didn't even know were in South Australia. Yeah, cool. So, you know, I didn't even know that they were around or that was a thing because I wasn't yeah. in that world. So now it's like and now that I'm growing, I, I see the importance of, you know, um, supporting local growers where you can. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so lots, lots. Yeah, lots cool. Learning. And... What has been your biggest success? Biggest success? Oh, 
probably growing the quantity of flowers. Like I, I don't think we could believe that we grew the amount of flowers that we grew this year. Mm. And then just being able to offer our local community fresh flowers is awesome feeling. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So um, I think that's the part that we love the most. Yeah, great. And in South Australia, what is the climate like for growing flowers? Paint me a picture of what your summers and winters are like. Well, where we are, it's hot and can be dry. Yeah. Um, yeah, this year we've actually had a bit of frost. But like last year, I don't even know if we really had that much frost. It's good growing conditions. I just don't think yeah. there's a lot of growers. Uh, there is there is a lot of growers, but yeah, I don't not as many as say in Victoria or yeah, New South Victoria, Wales. Has it? <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't actually realise how many. And then I was like, oh, imagine like but the thing is the florists in South Australia would love yeah, love that. And I hope, yeah, I hope more people um, buy land and grow in SA. It'd be amazing. Yeah. You know, yeah. So Because we're not take... spoiled for choice, Beck. <laughs> Sometimes yeah. we're not, you know, even, yeah, our markets, the supplies are amazing, but we're just, yeah, sometimes, yeah, and I, I see these videos of like the Melbourne markets or the Sydney markets and I'm like, oh. Yeah, you need to come down here and do a wedding. <laughs> yeah, be like, whoa! I feel like it's I'd all be skipping through the markets with happiness. Yeah. Like, it's just all these, you know, branches and oh, it's just yeah, incredible. Yeah. yeah. So going back to kind of when you got into um, growing and mm-hmm. then it teaching you about oh, local flowers and that sort of thing. Yeah. How do you think that we can get the word out there to other florists about, you know, flower farms like yours. What do you think we can do to change that? Um, probably uh, sharing people with social media platforms. Mm. Um, I think, you know, educating in a positive way and sharing, you know, sharing their, maybe their experiences yeah. um, and letting People know that there is flower farms yeah. know, here that you can you can buy from. Yeah, is that what you mean? Like just sh- yeah. sharing awareness yeah. on social media, yeah. or yeah, yeah. and yeah. word of mouth. Yeah. So, if people want to buy from you, are they able to? Yeah. So last mm. year we only offered we were selling um, bunches, re- like at retail prices from our farm just because of the quantity and we weren't offering wholesale. And I suppose, yeah, this year we definitely will be offering wholesale. Okay. Um, But I think, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. I don't want to let anybody down, but I don't know where just, you know, there is a few other farms selling dahlias, um, you know, in South Australia too. So I think wholesale already. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. We, I'm, I'm saying that we are going to offer wholesale, but we'll just have to see, you know, what we grow and how it grows and go yeah. from there. So I guess that leads me on to your changes. So you've moved the shop back to the farm. Back to the and, studio. Yeah, back to the studio. And you are expanding the farm. So how big is the farm now and what are you growing to be? So the farm is two acres. Yep. 
I'd be lying if I said I knew what how big the land that we're growing on is. Yeah. But um, yeah, we. I can't say too much, but we've been offered okay. some land close to us to yeah. grow on if we wanted to expand. It's just whether or not we want to expand that big this year. Okay. Yeah. So that's the decision that we're making. Yeah. Um, but we will be growing more dahlias than our previous season so we can offer wholesale because I would love to be able to offer, you know, my floristry um, and industry friends, yeah, dahlias to use. So yeah. that would be amazing. Yeah, cool. And what do you want to share with people out there who are starting on this journey or perhaps are already in this journey but you're very good at social media so maybe any tips and that sort of thing? Um, so if you're thinking about starting a flower farm or anything, any business, I would, you know, I think this year has taught us a lot that, you know, we need to be doing what makes us happy. Mm. Um, and you know, but people can't, some people can't just drop that and start that straight away. So, you know, putting things in place to make that happen. And then, um, with, so you want me to give you tips on social media? Is that what the question was? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> not... I always ask like double-sided <laughs> like, questions. It's no, really bad. Okay. It's yeah. bad of me. Um, no, so, so the fir- yeah, you answered the first question. And then I guess are there any tips for – I was kind of thinking more of people who are already in the growing industry and kind of want to get their name out there. Yeah, what would you say to them? Yeah, I think Instagram is an amazing tool um, and that's the only tool that I've used for both of my businesses. And I suppose it's different. Some people want to start a flower farm and, you know, go full force into a business and some are starting it just to enjoy a hobby. So I think you decide what it is you want to do. But Instagram is an amazing tool for awareness and especially if you do decide that, yes, you want to turn it into a business. Mm. Um, And I think sharing your journey and being authentic yeah is super important and then good marketing um which you know comes down to i think beautiful photos you know good content yeah um and yeah in sharing i think you know the positives and the negatives like you know if you make a mistake or something happens and sharing that as well so people that are following you feel normal as well yeah you know yeah cool and I always ask these questions. I've thrown in like another one for this season because I was getting a bit bored with the same old questions. Oh my god, am I gonna get stuck? I feel like <laughs> what is your flower farm like karaoke song? So if you were out in the fields and you had some music on, what would be your what would be your jam? Rob listens to Dr. Dre and okay. Eminem and 50 Cent and pumps it from the like. Sometimes, and we have people, everyone walks past and I'm like, Rob, it's not really appropriate. <laughs> he listens to all of his. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's true. And people laugh because, uh, yeah, that's Rob. So I don't really get, I listen to a whole heap of different music. Um, but, yeah, I'd say that would be Rob's. Okay, cool. Rob's jam. And if you had to leave really quickly, what would be three plants or three seeds that you would take with you? Mm, plants. Well, Rob you can would... answer for anything actually, any kind of floristry or plant-related things. 
what would I take? Oh gosh. Um. Well, Rob would take Rob's favorite dahlia is Sugar Town Sunrise. He just loves yeah. that. So he would take that tuber. Rob would probably take his um, harvesting hat. Yeah. And I would take. I love um, oh, dahlias or a hydrangea cutting. I think. Yeah, nice. Yeah, hydrangea cutting because I love, yeah, hydrangeas and dahlia are my favourite. Yeah, awesome. And who has inspired you the most on this journey? Um, I would have to say as in like with growing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think, yeah, Rob inspires me every day and motivates me to yeah. do what we're doing. Um, but with growing, I follow a lot of um, people on Instagram who are very inspiring and are doing what we're doing yeah. and learn a lot of them. But I think, too, having the opportunity to, you know, chat with people like John Menzel and Anne Menzel who have been growing for 40 years um, mm. and learnt off of them yeah, um, was amazing as well. So, yeah, that's another good thing about Instagram and what I love is that you can connect with people and learn. Like I've learned so much by talking to um, people that we're following on there. Yeah. You know, you can yeah. ask a question and then you have, you know, four other flower farmers message you and say, hey, you know, do this or try this. And it's pretty incredible. Yeah. That we can connect and, like that. Yeah, it is really such a good tool for that. And how has the farm changed your life oh so so much we're just so content with what we're doing mm-hmm. you know um I think too that's another thing the flower farm like Rob fell in love with what we we're doing and then obviously the flower farm became our COVID project because we couldn't do events for six months and then in that time is when we realized how happy it actually makes us just being on the farm doing what we're doing yeah and I think every grower and every doesn't matter what you're growing feels the same way, like when yeah. they're doing that, you know, and you get rewarded with whatever it is that you've been caring for. So yeah, for us, it's just shown us, um, you know, that we can be doing what we're doing, um, and you know, the fact that we can, you know, turn it into a business now is even, you know, more amazing. So yeah. But it's not about the money for us, really. It's more about doing what we're doing, you know, yeah. doing what makes us happy. So. Yeah, you're both very inspirational people and Thanks, I Dad. think you've got a lot of energy to give and that's really awesome to see. Um, and I just hope that it kind of goes from, you know, like to bigger and better things for you both. Sounds like it already is, so that's awesome. Thank you so much. That's all right. And is there anything that you wanted to share that I haven't asked you about? Anything that was really important to you to get across about your business? Yes. I have one thing I'd love to say just about um, pricing. Yes, please do. Pricing. Yeah, I just, that's another thing that. Let loose. Yeah. (laughs) Have you got an hour? No, no, no. The, The thing I just want anyone listening I think too collectively and I come from a place like obviously being in the events industry and learning so so much about you know florists and how we charge and what we charge and then seeing the same things in farming my honest opinion is that um we don't charge enough yeah in both worlds um and I think I'd love to see 
you know, growers come together or then florists come together and collectively, you know, share each other's experiences or share how, you know, how they are pricing mm. and see that that changes because what we do in both worlds is really hard work mm-hmm. um, and we all, everybody puts, you know, 100% love and passion into what they do when it comes to floristry or growing. Um, but I think, you know, we need to have, you know, honest and positive conversations to educate people about what we do and how we do it. So that's why I think sharing, you know, your story on Instagram or whatever social media platform that you use is important. Yeah. Um, because, yes, you know, I see some businesses, you know, um, not close down or anything but not continue to do what they, they love because, yeah. Yeah, you know, we I run agree. run businesses to make money, but yeah, I just think we all need to come together and support one another, and maybe make a change there when it comes to yeah. pricing. And if you don't know how to price, I think it's such a good thing to just ask somebody. If you're a mm. person who's starting out in the industry and wants to become a florist, I think like perhaps asking heaps of people how they mm. do their quoting and. Mm. And also if you're a farmer, you know, asking other Mm. farmers, maybe going to like wholesalers and doing a bit of research Mm. or even doing some work like with wholesalers for a little while if you don't know how to price because, Mm. yeah, yeah, I think like what you're saying, it's such an important thing and we want everyone to be paid well and we don't want to just work for love sometimes. <laughs> I know, which we do. We, we're really good at it. Us florists and everybody, I think creative people and, you know, and I see it in the um, farming world as well, but it's like, yeah, and I, I say it because I come from a place where three years ago I would go to the markets and be like, oh, $14.50 a bunch, like that is just, you know, you'd think it's too much. But now I'm like, hey. No, I can't yeah. sell those for fourteen dollars. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It's because I had no idea. But you know, if I was following a flower farmer back then and seeing them on their hands and knees planting their little seedlings, and mm. then you know, a whole crop getting destroyed by frost or something, and it, you know, seeing that, I, I wouldn't be screwing up my nose because, yeah. you know, lots of love and hard work has gone into that one bunch. Yeah, completely. Um, yeah, and it's the same in the floristry world with weddings, which you would know all about, you know. Mm. Yeah. Clients think, yeah, we don't, we don't click <laughs> yeah. fingers and then this magical wedding appears. <laughs> I think everyone forgets to add their time into things. Mm. So, I don't know, even I had a farmer contact me the other day and they were asking me because somebody had asked them to do table flowers for a wedding and I felt like they were charging like not enough. So I said Mm. that to them and I think, and they were like, oh, but I'm getting the flowers for free essentially. It's like, well, no, you're not. No, no. (laughs) Because you have worked for hours create, like just to get that one flower. So you've got to think about all of that time, all of those months, Mm. all of that water, all of that energy that you've put into that one flower and you need to charge accordingly. <laughs> Absolutely, I know. Yeah. But see, time is something, it's one of the things I learnt earlier on with the Queen's Quarters and it's something that I changed um, and, you know, it was a part of my pricing structure earlier on and so 
I talk to some florists or some florists come to me for help with that. And I'm really passionate about time because we do, we completely forget. We charge, you know, and I think even in TAFE, like they teach you times three Mm. for floristry work. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's like, no, because, you know, what about traveling to the markets three times and the week of prep and, you know, that's all. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, it's a great subject and it's great to have brought it up, I think, just to make people aware. And, yeah, I think what you said, if anyone, like, just start sharing about how we're pricing and mm. I'm happy for people to ask me questions and I'm sure that you're the same. So, yeah. yeah. And just in a positive way too. Not I've seen yeah. posts on Instagram like, you know, people, it becomes off really negative or complaining or whinging. You don't know, like... And it's like, yeah. well, they don't know. It's just like we don't know what happens to our car when it goes to the mechanic and we pay $1,500. Yeah. <laughs> we have no idea. We're like, what the, you know. But I it's know. The same. So if we, I'm sure if they sat down and explained, you know. So, yeah, you just, I think, yeah, being honest and, um, you know, educating your clients positively or each other is, is a good thing. Yeah, completely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great chat. Yeah, it's nice to speak to you and to actually, you know, get it done. And now we can put it all out there. This season's going to be great. So thank you so much. No, you're so welcome. And good luck. What you're doing is is awesome. I think. Um, Mm. Yeah, I'm excited to see the growth. Yeah. Thank you so much, Katie, for being on the podcast. It was a pleasure to speak to you. If you would like to get in touch with Katie and Rob, you can do so via their Instagram at littlelin.flowerfarm. I also highly recommend following them along on Instagram because they do share a lot about their journey and they're fabulous at social media. So get along to that. Um, Just remember that we have our Monvale Flower Farm Tour coming up. It's going to be a fantastic day, 12th of September. It's a Sunday. If you can come along, then please do. Hopefully it's going to be a beautiful spring day. We're going to be out of lockdown and everything is going to be fabulous. So if you would like to find the tickets, you can do so via Eventbrite or the Instagram podcasts, Instagram at Dish the Dirt. So it's in the bio of that the link so until next week everyone please stay safe out there hopefully Australia we can get through this together and come out the other side I'm thinking of everyone who is in lockdown it's not easy so find something that you love to do and do it because it makes you feel good until next week keep being blooming fabulous